Welcome to the Impact Nations podcast. My name is Tim. I am your host. Today, I am joined by not only Dad, you call him Steve, I call him Dad, uh, but also by our good friends, uh, Mike Brown and Annabelle Nakabiri. Mike is coming to us from Kenya. Annabelle is coming to us from Uganda. Uh, and I'm delighted to have you guys today. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. Um, this week, the topic of discussion is uh, we're following up on the second beatitude, blessed are those who mourn. Uh, and Dad, one of the things in your teaching a couple weeks ago that you said that really struck me was you said, you know, when Jesus was making disciples, he was looking for those who could who would identify and become co-sufferers with those who mourn. Uh, and so when Impact Nations is looking for uh, partners, we're looking for those who identify with those who mourn, with those who suffer. And uh, two of our partners here today, Mike and Annabelle, I, I can't think of anybody better to talk with about people who identify with those who are suffering. Uh, and so today I want to talk a little bit about what you guys are doing um, to mourn with people. You know, you, Dad, we're going to talk about this, but you said, you know, when when you learn to mourn with people, you start praying with them and not praying at them. Uh, and Mike and Annabelle, both of you guys are just not only you as individuals, but also you lead a community that uh, has really um, this has become part of the culture of identifying with those who suffer. Uh, and you guys lead by example, but you have just a, a whole team around you who are doing it every single day. So I'm delighted to talk with you. Annabelle, I saw you. It, is that you waiting in the waiting room to get in again? Uh, yes, I'm switching from the phone to the laptop. Oh, okay. Then I'll let you in. Um, Mike, perhaps we'll start with you while Annabelle's getting set up. Can you talk to us, maybe specifically, you, you're actually the first person who came to mind when we started talking about blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted, because you are in a season right now, just in the, in the last two or three weeks, where your community is mourning the loss of one of the members of your community. Could you just tell us a little bit about recent events in your church and what the Lord's been doing in the midst of it? Yeah, uh, in the midst of a revival, that we have been experiencing. <clears throat> we just had one of our pastors, uh, Pastor Lucas, uh, wife that was expecting uh, to have a baby. And all of a sudden, within a day, there was an attack and uh, she lost the baby. And in the same, same day, uh, six hours later, she lost her life. And um, mm. it has been, it was the saddest moment maybe we have ever experienced as a church because she was such a young girl at the age of 29. And uh, she is also the co-founder of the church because uh, when she came, she joined me when she was eight years old. She's one of the people that we had rescued because she comes from a single mother home with a, uh, and uh, she had lived a very abusive life and God had transformed her, gave her hope and she became the leader of the teenager uh, with the children ministry. So it was very, very sad. But amazingly is that the Lord turned all that sadness into joy because um, during her funeral, 
we had one of the biggest harvest of souls that we have never had in even a crusade. People just came from all over the country and they were ready to surrender their life to Jesus. So to me, the enemy lost more. But as I say is this, uh, many, many years ago, God spoke to me, said that never ever pray for people without compassion. If you have no compassion, you have no need to pray with them. So it was through the love and the compassion we had over the family. Even in the morning, in the time of sadness, God had to turn it upside down. And um, we, we are now back on our feet. And it has been for the glory of God that just the way Jesus said when he was mourning Lazarus, that this event has happened so that God may be glorified. And um, there is power in mourning. That is what I like to tell my people, my friends who are listening to us, that it is not bad. It is not wrong to mourn with people that are mourning because that's where you are able to touch the heart of God. Because even God himself, who knows that he will still raise Lazarus. The Bible says he still wept. Mm. So we went through weeping, but it is through the weeping and the compassion that the Lord was able to reach many, many, many people that are at the moment when I do what we call new convert uh, meeting in Akuru, I have over 800 people coming who just gave life during the funeral. Just the way God moved and they saw the love and they saw how we loved her, and God pulled them because of that particular event. So I, I, I can uh, boldly quote Romans 28, where it's 8.28, where it says, For this we know, that all things work together for good for them that love the Lord and those who are called according to his purpose. So it, it, was, it has been a sad event, especially but we never allowed it. We never allowed it to, to take the moment. We never allowed it to take the time. We just used it for the glory of God. So uh, with, the, with the family now is back, they are happy again. And uh, the fact that they will still go through the process, because it's always a long process when you lose, and um, But the good news is the word of God also in Psalms 27, the, when it says in verse 10 that even when the father and mother leaves you, God takes over. So in any situation, it is always an opportunity for God himself to become in charge, to take over. So sometimes it, things people go through, they might be very difficult, very tough. But that is always the only way that we get an opportunity to open our hearts for God to come in and take over as the Father. And what a great Father you can have as your Heavenly Father. Amen. 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 Uh, man, I want to circle back to a whole bunch of that stuff. But Annabelle, let me, let me just talk to you a little bit about your context. Um, for those who... Uh, follow Impact Nations regularly. You guys, you guys know Annabelle's ministry well. She uh, is the director of uh, the Remnant Generation. 
you will often hear us refer to the School of Purpose. Uh, you will very often hear us refer to the Princess Shelter, where uh, Annabelle's team is rescuing teenage girls who have uh, oftentimes been impregnated at the hands of an abuser, uh, very often a family member, uncle, parent, grandfather, whatever, uh, and helping them get through the pregnancy and uh, safely deliver their child. Um, but also during that time, seeking justice uh, where injustice has been done, uh, and then ultimately trying to help these young women get set up for success so they can thrive uh, once their baby is born. Annabelle, in the midst of all of that, I mean, I know because I've heard many of the stories, but you must, you must spend a lot of your time, you and your team, in mourning with those who are suffering. Mm -hmm. What? Yes, um, that's very true. Yeah. What is that process like? I, you know, Mike, you talked about it is a process. You know, there joy comes in the morning and there's joy in the midst of that. And the Lord is faithful to bring that. But Annabelle, for you, uh, what is that process like for you guys to walk these girls through just a horrific emotional turmoil? Yeah, I think, Tim, one of the most hard things that we get to encounter on a daily is to tell a girl that um, she is loved when the very people that are supposed to model that for her are the people that have abused her. Now, during this lockdown, we've had 77% cases of defilement in Uganda by fathers mm. because children are not in school. They are not with teachers. They are not with strangers. They are mainly at home with parents. And yet that which is supposed to be the safest place for them to stay has, you know, basically become the place where they are being preyed on, where their, their trust has been broken, where they, are, they have been damaged, where their perception about life has completely been damaged. So it's, I think one of the hardest things is to tell a child, a girl, that you are loved and accepted and that God cares for you when they have not seen that uh, being modeled by the people that brought them into the world. And, you know, by your, your own biological father, um, it's, it's a completely another thing. And many times we've, um, you know, on a daily, we are dealing with, with the bitterness. We are dealing with a lot of anger. Our children mourning over the loss of um, that relationship. That's just even the innocence of a child. Um, around May, we had a, a, a two-year-old that was uh, defiled and she was ruptured and she needed to undergo um, a procedure to help you know get her back in shape and this ripped us apart you know this was a baby that uh, was staying with her grandmother and I remember the lady coming to office when they were going to see the doctor and she was just you know crying and just saying I don't know what I'm going to do this is my only grandchild is the only grandchild that i have and she kept okay you know and she kept on asking you know she, she didn't even want to she was not necessarily interested to hear what happened to the perpetrator or what happened to the man that did this she was just wanting to see is my child going to be okay yeah. and then when the finally the child was you know okay she was worried how um how is she going to heal how is she going to grow what will i explain what will i tell her so on a daily there is that that emotional and uh you know uh, 
also spiritual um, um, heart that 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 is with these girls, that is with these families, and we have to walk that journey every day. And what happens is that. Um, it also has an effect on the staff that work. Yeah. So you're dealing with all these cases on a daily and you're, you, you know, you're taking in, you're listening, you're listening. Like this, this whole season, we've had 117 cases uh, that have been reported to our office and our social workers running from, you know, corner to corner. And it is just, you know, when you think that, um, the case with the father is bad, then you get to meet the grandfather and it is worse. Then you get to meet, you know, this gang rape, a, a group of, you know, young men that just um, gang raped a girl who was only 10 years old. And then you get to see um, a young a young woman who um, is struggling in the labor world and, you know, the... the uh, the the labor pains have failed and, you know, she's being induced and she's crying. And so that team is he's harboring all of this and you could tell that they were really overwhelmed. So what we have been doing is to make sure that we are creating space. We've li literally dedicated an entire room at our office and we are calling it, we've called it the healing space where somebody has, can just walk in there and they just they can let it out before the Lord. You know, we are putting mm. in books, we are putting, um, uh, you know, worship music, putting in pens and papers so somebody can process whatever they are feeling and writing it down and letting it out. And this this week starting today to Wednesday we are in prayer and fasting and it is for so many things and one of them is to just you know have that emo uh, that spiritual cover and 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 feeling the embrace of God and just you know surrender to, to the Holy Spirit um to help you know to help us have the strength to be able to to do this with with our girls but also to bring that stamina that is needed for the team because we know that really we draw from the spirit as our source and um, it is very fulfilling and rewarding to see uh, um, the, the results, the fruits of uh, of our surrendering. Uh, it is very fulfilling to see what the healing and uh, reconciliation. It's so for us mourning um, with, with with those that are in pain, those that um, are going through abuse. It may take you know different shapes and sizes, but it is something that we live out every day, and we are blessed to have the opportunity to do that with even those that the Lord has led to us. Yeah. In um, in the Western culture, the North American uh, evangelical culture, we make we make very little room for mourning. <clears throat> if you're a good church member, um, you know, on Sunday morning, someone says, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. Hallelujah. I'm good. I've got the victory, brother. Um, we're very uncomfortable with honest mourning in the church. It's just the emphasis is, I'm victorious, you know, I'm ruling and reigning with Christ. And um, I wondered, Mike and Annabelle, if that's the same kind of ethos or atmosphere in in the East African church, that, that people cannot really mourn, they have to always say i'm i'm doing fine yeah um the, the the truth is that anybody who keeps away from mourning at the appointed time they will rupture it is just like keeping things that one day you cannot keep them anymore they have to come out at the appointed time and that's why we discover there is a lot of anger 
in the old age of many people, and it simply is not what has happened at that particular time. It is many things that they were trying to hold and to keep off, not to show the emotional. So in African culture, initially, there was that part of life whereby people must be strong, and um, especially boy child. There was a time in life you could not even cry when your heart, and this would happen even with your parents. If I remember very well many years ago in my life, where if you hit a rock because we never had shoes, I had my first shoe when I was 24 years old. That's the first time I had my first shoe given to me by a Swedish missionary. But prior that, if you hit a rock and even you destroy your nails and you're bleeding, your parents will still punish you for not seeing the rock because they don't want you to cry. They don't want you to show you the emotional. And this became the greatest destroyer of destiny. But at the moment now, as we are talking, we have encouraged people, when you're going through the issue, it's very good to go through the emotion because it is the emotion healing that is needed that will cover you the rest of your life. But anytime you allow them to cover and maybe you try to show them, it is nothing. It, 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 you are able, you are trying like putting down, covering fire that one day it will still burn through the blanket. Hmm. Very good. Annabelle, you mentioned the help of the Holy Spirit. You, you talked about in your teaching uh, that, you know, the the word paraclete for Holy Spirit could be uh, translated as uh, comforter or helper. And I wonder, Annabelle, have you seen, what, what have you seen the Holy Spirit doing in terms of ministering, helping people through that grieving process, that mourning process, both your staff, but also the, the young women that you guys are ministering to? I think um, one of the greatest, you know, sights you can ever have when you come to the shelter is when you find the girls praying and worshiping hmm. and just finding that place of um, where they're in total surrender. And you know that uh, there is this person that they can depend on, the person that they can trust, the person that they know is closer. And I am I'm thankful that, uh, you know, we have, God has led us, um, has brought away amazing ministers of, of, uh, of the word and people like Mama Christina, you know, who have always come and we have had amazing sessions of, uh, of sharing and release. And what that has done is that then you see the transformation of hearts, um, you know, uh, from bitterness, from resentment, from somebody being a girl that is withdrawing and always sitting in the corner. And then you start to see life. You start to see them you know, experiencing freedom, uh, being able to relate with others, being able to smile and, uh, and, and reading the word of God. We have uh, two girls that came in and they're Muslims. You know, and I can tell you right now that they're the people that are leading devotions um, in the shelter. Like they'll get the Bible and they are reading it, you know, they are leading devotions. So we have seen the Holy Spirit break, you know, come through and break those walls, break the walls of um, rejection, break the walls of resentment and just bring, you know, 
without forcing them to say, give your life to Jesus. You know, you don't have to force them. They just, it's not, it's, it just comes. It just comes. They want to have this relationship with this particular God. And then when last, last uh, uh, week we had a girl going to hospital and she was expecting to deliver normally, but then it didn't work out. So she was going to theater. And uh, uh, Ruth went to the shelter and told the girls, you know, we have um, uh, our, our dear uh, Elizabeth is, is, is going to be taken to theater. She has the baby, you know, there is fetal distress. Let's pray. And <laughs> like literally the whole, you know, you know how elephants surround, um, you know, a, a, a fellow fem uh, female elephant when they are going to give birth. So they got her picture and they put it in the circle and they just stood around it and then they just started praying so I, sh I i i need to look for that picture and share it with you and they just started singing worship over it and saying you know we are not going to even pray we're just going to worship god because we know that the holy spirit is closer we know that she's coming out alive we know that the baby is all right we know that you know it was so emotional and when they shared this with me i was like oh my goodness so the holy spirit is 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 so powerful he gets to those places that no one can get to he gets to those places that um you know no amount of talking no amount of uh, you know, affirmation can get to. He's the one that that gets closer to those hearts, uh, the hearts of those girls, and deals with the invisible wounds. For me, I think that has been very powerful to see the invisible wounds being healed, and to see the freedom that comes from within, and just how they light up. It's like you know, you get in the shot, and it's like there is a bulb that just went off. You know, it's mm. like pa. You know, there is a glow, and you can completely tell the difference between when a girl walked in. And when um, I, I, one month later or three weeks later, as they go through the devotion, they, they, they go through the healing classes and you see the transformation. Yeah. So I usually tell the team and, you know, and, and I share that we can do everything. We can give the girls everything. We can give them the food, the clothes, but we cannot get to their hearts like he does. And we are thankful that he's, he's doing a great job. He's, mm. he's a wonderful partner. In that's that awesome. area, yes. That's great. Mike, uh, the ministry of yours that Impact Nations most often is involved in is your Daughters of Destiny program, uh, which has a similar element of rescuing women from high-risk situations where, uh, for those who don't know the Daughters of Destiny program, basically Mike uh, often leads teams out into the streets of Nakuru, Kenya, where he is, uh, and sometimes Nairobi as well, I know, uh, to meet with women who are uh, being prostituted on the streets of Kenya uh, and inviting them into a new life in Christ. Uh, and it starts with one simple evening of just sharing the gospel with them and inviting them into something all new. Um, but Mike, I imagine that you guys have a very similar uh, need for the Holy Spirit to minister yeah. to these women who are are grieving uh, incredible pain. Yeah, because uh, one of the things is that none of these women that I've ever met has been volunteering to get into prostitution. Yeah. It yeah. is the circumstances that they have been forced into. Uh, some of them in a very early age, economically because of the situation in their family. But most of them I've also met are those who are uh, married and maybe the husband passed on. 
and their family could not welcome them anymore. And they were left with the children. And the only way they could earn money was to go to the street. But as I said earlier, brokenness, it is the only key to the heart of a man. Brokenness. So one of the things that God has helped us to, to train them first is to accept the situation they have been in and to look for hope. And the only way people get to accept, that's, that, that's why that one night that we meet them, the first time we bring them on board, people share their testimony to show that no one has been born with the strength. Only God gives you strength by and by. Mm. And we op- through the sharing of our own testimony, how God can help a broken heart and bring hope back to anything that has been ruled out in life, that God is a God of a second chance. That has been like the main key because some of the women, they have a very, very desperate stories. They have been abused. They are ready to kill. I just remember uh, one story of last, uh, last year when Mama Christina was with us. And there was a woman already with a, a, a knife in his bag because she wanted to revenge of what men had done to her previous night. There was over several men that had raped her, took away all her money. They left her dead. And when she decided to go back to the street that night, it is the very night we invited her to come and hear the love of Jesus. And the first thing she did was she was so bold because we give them chance also to share their experience. And she said that tonight I had purpose to kill a man that I will meet. And us as all men, the men that were in the house that time, we all knelt down and cried for forgiveness to her. And that went like fire. Everybody was in tears. And she was completely delivered, and she's one of my choir members at the moment. She has wow. a business. God has restored her. And the healing came only through the morning season. That time, we were able to humble ourselves as men that abused her and took upon ourselves the pain, the, 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 the abuse that happened, and asked her for forgiveness. In fact, in her life, it was the first time a man has ever said sorry to her. Wow. And that brought deeper healing. So the key word here is the power of deeper healing. And once again, I can say the way Annabelle says that whenever we have Mama Christina, God has given us some anointing that she's able to reach with the heart, that people who are hurting are able to explain the pain that they are hurting because the only way to bring it out is by getting it out. There is no any other way to go through the process. Uh, In my case, personally, which is, I'm more confident to talk about it. I I saw my brothers dying, over seven brothers. I saw my parents dying. So I made a decision in my life. I will never cry no matter what happens in life. And it took me many years, I became even a pastor. 
but nothing was called compassion in my life. I had never thought that I will ever shed tears or even, but what I didn't know, all this pain was still piling in my heart all these years. The fact that I used to testify the goodness of God, how God has rescued me from the street and from the dangers, but still I had pain. And whenever I saw someone doing something bad, something would erupt from my heart. It was until God had to touch me and it was in Nakuru prison where I was dedicating two babies, that is Stephen and Christina. <laughs> These are babies that were born in prison. And uh, they were born in prison. They had no even medication and anything. So that morning it happened. <clears throat> I had an opportunity to get into that prison. And so I just decided to do a dedication so that I can even, you people can see, because Impact Nation has been standing with me in the prison ministry where we have rescued many women, many men. We have brought hope in prison. Thousands of people that have been delivered in prison because of the love and the partners of Impact Nation. So... For that reason, I needed a good picture for my brother, Stephen, so that I can show, oh, look at this. And it was in that moment, one of the baby had no any pampas or anything because they don't get that, just urinated. And the urine entered my new, brand new suit. And it was like, <laughs> I'm the one who have done that. And the Holy Spirit... Jesus said, <laughs> and Jesus Christ talked to me and he said, thank you for dedicating me. I knew that moment I was touching Jesus in my own hand. And all the pain, I can tell you, I cried for eight hours. All my children, everybody, we left prison. We went home to church. We were all crying. And for the first time, I was able to mourn all the pain, everything that was in my heart for over 20 years. They came out, and that day I became a free man. I knew how to love once again. I knew how to cry once again. I knew how to comfort those who are going through the same situation because God had taken care of that healing. So many times we get these women who are abused, we help them to go through that pain. We encourage them not to hold anything, not to hold anything, to let it go. And when they let it go, they let it go. Mm, very good. Very good. Wow. You know, I'm. it's like the longer I'm following the Lord, the more I'm realizing that uh he really is he's a co-sufferer and we're called to be co-sufferers right the the, the that i might know oh, yes. him and the fellowship of his suffering paul prayed and suffering and, yes yes and and, and, and we broken and a contract yeah that's it he cannot he never sure, turns Baba. away from that he oh, never turns away goodness. from that and yes. i i don't know how if we deny our own pain uh, i don't know how mm. we can be healed <laughs> 
And I don't know how we can connect in a healthy way with the pain of and, others. And you know, as you're saying that, Steve, it just reminds me, the only reason why he was to be born in the flesh, it was so that he can experience the same pain that we can experience. Otherwise, he would be just saying things that are heavenly, yeah. which we cannot connect with this. Annabelle, do you agree that that we have to embrace our own mourning and our own pain and not push it away? And that's not to say we just wallow in it. It's not self pity. It's not. But it's it's not denying pain. That that that's really the only way to honestly connect with the pain of others, that, that compassion without mourning, I don't think can happen. Would you agree with that, Annabelle? Um, sorry, I have, <laughs> I have the kids and they are, you know, crying and all that. Yeah, but um, I had that uh, dad and I really, really agree that um, if you have not found healing uh, for yourself, it is very challenging to even minister you know or even walk through life because you're walking behind a shadow many times we live uh we, you know life pushes us to that time where we have to how do i bring that you you keep up appearance yeah mm -hmm. you you keep up appearance i had personally learned the art of keeping up appearance i'm a survivor of sexual abuse and it had gotten to a time when uh, the pain was too deep but i had learned how to mask it up and you you come enter into a space uh it is very easy you know in when we're, we're being taught english they told us that when somebody greets you how are you you have to say i am fine so there is no room for you to say i am not fine you know every time somebody says oh how are you doing hi annabelle you know tim will tell you every time he sends me hi annabelle how are you doing i'll be quick to say i am doing okay you know even when I am not doing well. So that is the whole thing. Like we learned how to cover it up and not to be able to allow people to come in um, uh, and, and, and get help. We don't even allow to share our vulnerability with others. And this is why, because when you're afraid of being vulnerable, um, um, uh, you're, you're protecting, it is like a shield. You're protecting yourself from being hurt again. You don't know who else is going to hurt you don't want to give your trust to people that do not deserve it. You don't want to let others, the other thing that we fear that when others see your pain, they're going to say behind my back, you know, um, challenging situation because you're too vulnerable. Your heart is very, very fragile. And that is why, you know, it is so easy to mask it up, just show up, just don't allow anybody to uh, come through to you and live your life. And there is also this other false, um, you know, the, the, the lie that the enemy has painted that we can live by ourselves, that we don't need community, we do not need family, we do not need people. We can live by ourselves, we can handle it. You know, um, there is that common thing where people say, I got it, you know, I got this, I got it. You know, um, if you, you don't even feel like they need to ask for help. And and it becomes challenging, even as a Christian, to even ask help from God, you know, because you, you kind of feel like you, you got it. You got this. You're like, OK, God, you know, I can talk to God about any other thing. But these 
things concerning me, the pain that I'm feeling concerning my morning, I got this. I, I, you kind of feel like it's, it's you who has the solution, you know your pain, you know how to deal with it. And that is, uh, uh, you know, I believe that it's a lie from the pit of hell. I believe that God wants to reach out, you know, through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the ministry of Jesus, to reach out to us and find those hurting places and sometimes he just wants to come and sit along and just you know be beside you and not even impose anything you know there are times when i was feeling like i i didn't have private space like jesus was everywhere <laughs> everywhere mm -hmm. you know um and you're like yeah i want there is there is that sweetness it's like when you're you're you're, you're chewing on a lollipop you know where you you kind of want to massage feel sad you know because and then it, it kind of like soothes you when you sit back and like oh no you know it is so hard for me and it's just within you everyone doesn't like me you know this thing my mother died or i've been through abuse or i have been abandoned and rejected and you kind of want to you know there the is that the feeling that comes where you want to massage the pain and keep it in there but total freedom really comes and when you release it, like Mike has said, that you surrender it and release it and allow God, and you allow God to work through you. And uh, there are very many ministers, there are very many pastors' wives, there are very many people that are leading Christian ministries that have not really come to a place where they can be vulnerable with God, where they can be vulnerable with the Holy Spirit, where they can be vulnerable and surrender. And I think we, we really need to as well you know you know identify be, be 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 wise to identify and know that sometimes even the people on the front lines are breaking down yeah. that even the people on the front lines are battling with things and they have to show up to the meeting and look like everything okay, is okay they have to show up to church and look like everything is together they have to show up and, and look like the family is, is you know is fine but it is known and i want to encourage whoever is listening and tell them it is okay to ask for help even when you're a pastor it is okay to ask for help even when you are a minister. And people have seen you at your highest. It's okay to find people that you can see you at your lowest. And God has, uh, you know, I believe that they are destiny helpers. They are people that God has surrounded us with. And, um, uh, you know, to, to, so that the word can become flesh. And those are people that you may not see Jesus in the physical, but there is a, you know, a team steward that will just wake up and send you a message on WhatsApp and say, hey, I'm praying for you. You know, what can I pray about? And just sharing a prayer request and telling them, you know, I'm battling with this or I'm, my heart is broken over this. And, the, you know, that's just a community because that is what the church is about. And I, I also feel like, you know, we should make church a safe place for people to mourn and not a show where people come it, it's not it's not a, a room for perfect people you know we've walked into churches in in earlier times of our ministry that never accepted pregnant girls to come because they they were sinners you know they couldn't come i invited pastors to come and pray over our babies for dedication and they couldn't do it i i you know i asked for opportunity to take girls to you know to church they wanted to join the worship team they they were cast out they were reminded that they're sinners. They are reminded that they don't belong, you know? And, and church is not for the perfect. 
Church is for the broken. And I think that is why many people mask it up. It is very easy. You go to church, you want to look holy. You want to look righteous. You want to, you know, you don't want to sound like you don't have enough faith. You don't want to sound like you're not believing in the God of miracles. You don't want to sound like you are defeated. So you say all the, all the positive affirmations. You say all the, the, make all the confessions. But here is the difference. They are not coming from the heart. They are coming from the lips. They are coming from, you know, from a show. It is a performance. It is not a commit, like, uh, it's not an outpouring of the heart. And that is why I love this woman um, that um, that went to the feet of Jesus and broke the jar, the alabaster oil, and just broke the jar on the, on the feet of Jesus. And look what Jesus did. She didn't, he didn't say anything. He didn't, he, he just let the woman be like, you know, she got her hair, washed Jesus's feet, cried. The Bible says that her tears literally made, you know, Jesus's feet wet and she was wiping, you know, the feet and, and she was mourning, like releasing it all at the feet of Jesus. And, you know, the people around looked at her as a fool, looked at her as the prostitute they knew. But in that moment, she knew that you know, this is where my only help is. This is where I can get my feeling. This is the only thing that can fill me up. I mean, I have tried to find a fulfillment from men, from all these things I've done. I have not found, but I can find it in Jesus. And right there, there was no judgment. There was no, you know, Jesus didn't send her away. Jesus didn't judge her. So we need a space where there is no judgment where the people can freely cry, where a big man with a bald head that wears a, a sweater can cry and be free, and where a young girl, you know, can come in and do the same, where an old man can do the same, you know, and, and it is okay, and we are all crying, and sometimes we don't have to say anything to them. We don't even have to, to, to preach to them. We just have to hold their hand and allow them and let them be. And just like it was for, you know, for, for Hannah in the Bible when he, she went to the temple and she was mourning and grieving and crying. The Bible says that that is when, when Eli saw her, then she said, you know, whatever it is that you're crying about, that you're praying about, may the Lord do it. And right there she received her miracle and her womb was opened. So I believe that there is more opportunity um, and for God to minister, to come through powerfully, for that miracles to happen, for transformation to happen when we allow people a safe space in church, in our ministries, to mourn. Wow. Yes. Well, that, uh, that was powerful. By the way, two hours ago I read that passage from Luke's and it's perhaps my favorite episode in all the Gospels. Um, can I just ask one question, make yeah. a comment, and, and maybe, Mike, you could respond first. But not only do we need that, that honesty in our corporate life together, but as you, you touched on, I was going to bring up anyway, Annabelle, is we need honesty with the Lord. Here's what I would like to say to you guys. Um, a writer, Joseph Ratzinger, pointed out that the Beatitudes, Jesus had to die or there would have been no resurrection. We all agree with that. Yes. <laughs> And he's saying, if you look at the attitudes, including today's, blessed are those who mourn. And the first half is the crucifixion. Wow. The first half, half is, wow. is our death. And the second half is our resurrection. And so mm. we, if we deny with the Lord, even just in our time with him, if we deny a deep mourning, then we miss the great mm. resurrection of 
of comfort that is yes. so powerful and supernatural. So I just want to put that out there and, and see how, what you guys think about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, as I was following my sister, I, I, I really truly agree. You know, I say this every Sunday that Christmas was not invented during COVID nineteen. People have been using it all their lives before they discovered the one that we are using now. Because people have been walking with a mask. And mm. pain, the w- pain is good because pain is an indicator that there is a trouble. If you break your feet and you have no pain, you will going to be amputated at a Sometimes or the later or sometime because there was no pain. So in our life, God allows pain and mourning so that it ca- we can indicate and be able to point out exactly what we need from Him. So without pain, we might think we are okay. And the word okay does not need to exist in the Christianity. And as she has said, I tell people the church is a garage. You don't go buy a new car from the garage. You go to the showroom. So the church is not a showroom where many people think it's a showroom where we have good people. A church is a garage where people come who are broken, who are hurting, those who are carrying heavy laden heavy burden, so that they can lay off at the feet of Christ Jesus. And that can only happen when people discover the pain in their life, people discover the mourning in their life, things that have never worked. And that's why in our program to restore women, the number one topic is acceptance. They have to accept they're in that situation. And once they can accept It is the only time they can start to recover. You don't get what you didn't lose. That's why we have the word in English, lost and found. We can only find that which we lost. So loss is not bad because when you have pain of the loss, then you will have the joy of recovery. But without the pain of loss, there is no recovery. Because when you are finding what you, don't, you didn't lose, anything you get on the way, you will think is a solution. And that's why we have many Christians still suffering, still not be able to cut the, 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 the cord of sin because they never knew that was a loss in their life. They never accepted. And I like what my brother Steve, you have just said, God bless you, because it is so powerful. If we don't participate in the suffering of Christ, we cannot participate in his victory. That's why he said himself in his word that if we have to follow him, we have to carry our cross. That means our pain. That means we have to carry our life. And he said, you have to carry your cross and follow me, which means following Jesus. There are some pain on the way. There are some struggle on the way, but the good news is we have a comforter. We have a helper. We have an encourager. We are not alone. And this is the only good news. 
And the only time I have seen like uh, women being delivered completely, whenever is when they have accepted and they have gone through their mourning. And after that, they are able to bring it to the cross of Jesus. L last year, what we did was that we gave women pen and paper. They were writing all their pain. And uh, they thought that maybe we will read them, but we just nailed them physically on a cross in front of the church. And from that, that is the time, maybe you have heard of the testimony, where over a hundred plus women that were suicidal, some of them they had ready poison. Some of them they had already made up, even written the suicidal letter that they're going to kill themselves. Some of them, they had taken their children to their relatives because they didn't want to see their children dying. One particular woman, one, but I will never forget this. She was invited by phone when Mama Christina was speaking to, the, to these Daughters of Destiny. And she rushed in just to come and say bye-bye to the rest of the group of the, the street women. But when she had the word of God and her pain was taken away, it was the only moment she was able to surrender her life. And we discovered she had already written the suicidal note. Hmm. She had already planned to kill her three children. She has three children, already made poison for them, already prepared everything. She only came to say bye-bye because she had a phone call. But when Mama Christina shared her pain, that one released her completely. That's why I say even to pastors and ministers of gospel, without compassion, you cannot bring the souls to the kingdom of God. You can only convince people, but conviction comes through the compassion of yes. the love of yes. God and through releasing them from that pain. So for people to know pain is not bad. It is an indicator. There is a problem somewhere we need to deal with. Very good. Mm, that's very good. Um, I'm aware that we're getting short on time, but there's one more thing I want to circle back to. Mike, you mentioned this uh, several minutes ago as you were telling a story about uh, many of the men on your team suddenly, as they heard about this woman who... Uh, had been planning to kill uh, the, mm. the man who had abused her and taken advantage of her, you, your response was one of uh, repentance on behalf of men. Uh, yes. Dad, during your teaching a couple of weeks ago on morning, you talked about, actually you referenced Daniel in Daniel 9, where he's repenting on behalf of a nation. Yeah. And so, and, yes. and Annabelle, you, you know, you talked about the, uh, the woman who broke open the alabaster jar and, and in worship. And there's this incredible intersection of repentance and worship and mourning. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I would just want to talk a little bit more about where repentance falls into the, the area of mourning. Uh, and Annabelle, I'm going to throw it to you because I know that one of the things you work on a lot is, working on reconciliation uh, with family that has, uh, you know, either at least been uh, home to the abuse and sometimes to, with the abusers themselves. I know that you work on a uh, national level with government in terms of trying to form policies to protect girls. Um, 
And so I'm, I'm wondering if you guys dialogue about that at all on your team, uh, on just where this place for corporate repentance, uh, can be in the morning process. Oh, I need you to unmute yourself, though, or we won't hear your answer. Okay. There we go. Yeah. yeah. Um, like you have mentioned, repentance is powerful. And it really helps um, in the office of mourning and healing. Um, there is always that uh, that need, there is always a deeper cry for somebody to feel forgiven, but also for them to release forgiveness mm. as part of the morning. Because we're, we're, like Mike said, when, where there is morning, it's an indicator that there is something that has gone wrong. And there are two things that come with that. There is shame and guilt. There is shame and guilt mm. that come with that. And usually those are crowded with uh, condemnation. So uh, many times we feel that that was that even if people weren't their fault, that they got defiled, even if it wasn't their fault, that they guilt. And it's like, maybe I did something wrong, or maybe it was my fault, or something like that. And then to the people that did it, it is, you know, the need for them to say sorry. You know, there is that, I remember growing up, I just wanted, I just wanted somebody to say, I'm sorry, Annabelle. You know, I always cried and I kept on asking, but why me? Why, why was it me? Why is it, why is it supposed to be? What did I do wrong? And I knew that I had not done anything wrong to deserve the abuse. But no one was willing to say sorry. No one was willing to come and, 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 and own up. It was always the blame being put out on me. It was all, always, you know, so I felt like everything that was going wrong was my fault. And there is therefore two sides to repentance. And, and it is the giving of, uh, of, of uh, forgiveness and the receiving of forgiveness and sometimes i think the hardest is the giving uh, <laughs> of repentance because then you feel uh, you know there is something that you want to be done now luckily enough in our in our work we get to pursue the legal um and sometimes even that can be very frustrating because the cases you and you report the files go missing then the police the police sometimes is corrupt then you go to the courts of law and the case just drags on forever but whenever we have an opportunity we have had um men christian men that have come um into into our uh, the lives of our ministry and recently we launched what we call the fathers arise program where we have gotten we have hand selected we have prayed about um, christian men that are models in, in in society to come and you know represent a father figure in the lives of these girls and one of the things that they have done just like michael says is that they they have taken the time to repent on behalf of the fathers that have uh, abused these girls. And in so doing, uh, and, and in giving, being able to say sorry and to repent, and getting the girls to say, I forgive you, but not saying it to these men, saying it to the names of their fathers, saying to the names of the men that have abused them. That does not make what was done right. Okay, mm -hmm. but it is that freedom that comes with releasing somebody, yeah, from the prison of um, of your heart, releasing somebody and just giving, you know, even when they have not come in person to say I'm sorry. So we 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 have trained the girls. We keep sharing, even with the team, and uh, to to 
to be able to understand that not every time you're going to get the opportunity for someone to come and say, I'm sorry. And that mm -hmm. is going to really, you know, put you in a place where um, you, the pain will still be there. If you do not uh, receive the, the forgiveness from God and release forgiveness as well to other people. So I, for, for us, that is where we see the, 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 the repentance really working, you know, repenting on behalf of the and, wow. and and it's 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 heartbreaking because it's not just the women the mothers for money you know the mothers that are pushing their daughters out you know and and they're trading them they're forcing them into marriages when they're young i i mean we have more than what 10 cases in one month of girls that are being you know taken out of marriages a 13 year old being married to a, a, a 45 year old man and this is a mother who is profiting you know and you could think that a mother should know better so but getting the girls to realize that you know uh, you need to forgive and release um, and, and give out forgiveness and it's not something is i should say that it, it takes a process um it takes layers I, I i know like the weight is like with an onion you know there is always those layers of of um, trust that has been broken, you know, you know, just the imagination of of um, um, like you know that your parents had you when they don't really want you, you know, maybe that is why they are for you. You know, it takes so many layers to for the girls to get to that point where they're able to realize that um, it is I can release this person. I can release the people that hurt me, wow. and I can receive forgiveness myself for the bitterness that I have had for towards them you know for all the other things because this is what the enemy does even when there is justified pain yeah he brings all the mm -hmm. guilt because then you realize you're sinning in in, in your times of, of anger you know you're, you're being bitter you're being angry you're being disrespectful you're making many wrong decisions and you, you, you're, you're simply looking for attention and justification and yet it be, it brings you know, just more pain and frustration. So, and what that does, then you become more guilty and all that. But when we know that we can run, you know, to the arms of Jesus and just, <laughs> and just be washed, you know, and just be washed and, and we are able to repent on our own behalf and repent on behalf of others and accept to receive forgiveness and also receive forgiveness yes. to others. I found that really powerful, but I should also confess that it's a journey. It is you know for it, for some people it can come quickly and for others it takes a process but the, the the most important thing i think is that making sure that you're you know you're committed to that journey you stay with it and even when you feel like you're falling back you come you you know you pick up and raise up again and i think that is why it's important to have support systems spiritual support systems men and women of god you know uh, people that are you know are providing spiritual guidance mm. uh, and cover and constant prayer because you know, uh, team, there are people that you get to a point where it is too painful to pray. It is too painful to ask for help, for forgiveness. It is too painful mm. to even say the name of the person that has hurt you. It is too painful to tell Jesus where to touch. And you just need people that, that have been there, uh, people that understand you and see you, uh, you know, and see your pain. And they, they're able to pray for you. And they're able to pray with you, you know, and they're able to just lift you up and encourage you. And I think for me, one of the when when I was reviewing Dad's book, um, I, you know, the whole thing of 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 
being the hands and feet of Jesus to mm. the hurting and being the people that will lift the others when they are feeling weak and being the mm. person that will come and and you know that you're not putting on the lenses of judgment you're not putting on the lenses of um, holier than thou you know but you're seeing people for who they are and you're you're realizing that they need help and 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 you and and you're interceding on behalf of, of of their lives and you know you you repent for on behalf of their lives you repent on behalf of the children on behalf of the parents and and community and and you know that corporate prayer that support that comes out of there then lifts souls out out of that ditch of pain and and i think that is how i would um, i have seen that play out at least in our ministry and i believe that it's 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 true and relevant in so many other aspects with other people yes i i i totally agree with you the greatest revival in the world is when people repent on behalf of their nation on behalf of their people in the book of Ezra chapter 9 he did the same when Israel had gone astray Ezra repented and through that powerful repentance yes. God brought revival back to Israel yes. and also the key word is is this a message for my son who preached one day on our service and he said and forgiveness is like taking poison and expecting your enemy to die and forgiveness wow. is the key destruction of destiny of many humanity so one of the things just as you have said my sister anabel we have trained people to know mm-hmm. that repentance not just turning around is also to allow the holy spirit to forgive you because most of the time god forgives us which is 100% but the person we don't forgive is ourselves so we train people yes. to forgive the most important person in their life who is themselves and the only way you can forgive yourself is by forgiving others and declaring that they did not know what they were doing because as long as you keep the knowledge that they did this for a certain reason it will keep on hurting you and digging down your heart that's why in the bible when you read about jesus or even stephen one of their conclusion was father forgive them they don't need even to ask you for forgiveness because none of the people asked jesus to forgive them it's only jesus volunteered and he said forgive them for they don't know what they are doing many of you maybe you have heard of my story of a cop that killed my brother and the cop was very sick and the holy spirit told me to go and pay for his hospital bill and the time i did that not only was the cop free to become an elder of the church it is me who became free so when you forgive you free yourself rather than even the other man who is the the perpetrator or who is the man who caused you trouble so the key of repentance and even ability of standing in proxy standing in proxy is whereby you repent on behalf of people that's why jesus said forgive them they have no idea of what they have done that is the power of the healing of the nations of the world that's why the bible says if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves 
and repent and pray, I will save and restore even their nation and their land. So the healing of the land is not for those people who cannot repent. They are the people who can take their own time and repent on behalf. And that's why when we repented, not only we saved that woman, we also saved ourselves. Yes, we were not the one who had committed the, the damage to her, but we took, I remember, I had a pain in my heart as if I'm the one who committed. And I also had a pain as if that was my daughter or my mother or my sister or my own life that has been abused in that manner. And by us repenting, gave her room to forgive. And by her forgiving, gave her room to heal and to bring revival in that night. Mm. Man. So repentance has power and we can repent on behalf of other people. Yeah. You guys have really yeah. done a, a, a wonderful job as this has developed of, of the connection between uh, mm -hmm. uh, mourning and repentance and forgiveness that leads Ooh. to comfort. And uh, so Amen. I want to thank you both. That's just been really this helpful. Is, this has been a very powerful time, guys. I Thank you so much for sharing your stories, for sharing your heart with us, uh, for sharing the wisdom mm -hmm. that, that you have gained from years of, of walking through the mourning process with people yes. uh, who are, you know, being ministered to by the Holy Spirit through you. Um, for those who are watching, for those who are listening, I would I would recommend to you strongly. You heard Annabelle actually reference it just a minute ago. Uh, this is Dad's new book. It's called The Beatitudes for a Time of Crisis. You can order it now. Uh, in fact, Annabelle, I think, is the uh, yeah. You are the very first endorsement on the on the very inside page right there at the top. That's you. Um, so, uh, what an honor that was. <laughs> Uh, if you want to dig deeper into this stuff, into into each of the Beatitudes, including the one we've spoken about today, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Uh, this is a really, really great tool for that. Uh, and, uh, yeah, if you head to our website, impactnations.com slash Beatitudes, you can get that there. Uh, Annabelle, Mike, thank you so much for joining us today thank you. thank you for just taking us through this process it's been a very rich time it's been terrific you are um, family you are family and i <coughs> i take opportunity he's choking on his seeds ah, your family <laughs> <laughs> oh, family. Yeah, yeah, there should, you shouldn't be coughing in this season it's not yeah. <laughs> people get worried yeah yeah I know. Get your message. Just to let you know. Yeah. Um, Just to let you know that Impact Nation has been a family. Mm -hmm. And I want to let you know the work Impact Nation has done to bring uh, revival and to bring hope to the poor. We have no idea how we could have done it without you people. So once again, I want to thank God for all the Impact members, supporters, and all the people all over the world. Please, you should know. What we are doing is because of you people. Without your support, without your encouragement, without your financial support and prayers and the words you have been giving us, I tell you, 
we would not have done all that we have done. So your partner, your life, and I'm praying that God will open more doors in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We received that. Amen. Um, hey, folks. As Mike just mentioned, you know, we're partnering with both of these amazing ministries on a regular, ongoing basis. If you want to learn more about what we're doing, you can head to impactnations.com. I don't even know which project to direct you to. You can head to our relief page, our skills and business page, under normal circumstances, our, our journey of compassion page. And in all three of those segments of our ministry, you would see our, uh, our ongoing work with, uh, with Mike, uh, in Daughters of Destiny, uh, in Bibles for Prisoners, in Journeys of Compassion, uh, with Annabelle in the School of Purpose, uh, with our, um, our crisis pregnancy fund, you can actually help pay for the medical bills for these young girls who are having to, you know, get prenatal checks and go through labor and delivery. And that's a very expensive process. So we help them with that. So if, if you've heard stuff today and you just, your heart is connected with Mike and Annabelle, I, I would encourage you head to impactnations.com and read a little bit more about what we're doing with them. Uh, and hey, you know what? Uh, it goes both ways, Mike. You guys, uh, both Mike and Metro Church and Annabelle and the Remnant Generation, you guys are family with Impact Nations. We talk about the Impact Nations family, uh, and it goes both yeah. ways. We have a family all over the world that are working together to see the kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And you guys are the front lines of that. So thank you for partnering with us. Um, we love you guys. We bless you in the name of Jesus. Thank you so much. Amen.